It is. It is good to be in in the presence of God's family here on Easter morning. I was kind of hoping that we were going to have nice enough weather that we could be outside today. That did not happen. But uh, there is lots of warmth in here. And, uh, and it's good to be able to celebrate together. Today we are celebrating the grace that God has extended to us through our risen Lord, Jesus Christ. What an amazing gift be able to receive that grace into our lives. <laughs> but what exactly is grace? Who is that available to? Are, are there limits on God's grace to us? I thought it would be good for us to take a little bit of time this morning to look at this whole idea of what is the grace of God and, and how we can uh, receive that for ourselves. So let me invite you, if you've got your Bibles, uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. And let me just say, if you don't have a Bible, you are welcome. We've got a number of Bibles at the back table. You're welcome to use that for today. Take it home with you. It's yours uh, we, we want to be able to give you an opportunity to see uh, the Word of God for yourself and read it in your own life. So we're to looking at Ephesians chapter 2, and I want to start reading this morning in verse 4. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, and it says, But God, uh, let me just stop there. There are a number of really good, valuable, but God in Scripture. This is one of them. You want to take notice of this. But God, being rich in mercy, and because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And then He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship. There's a translation that, that, that renders that. For we are His masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Grace 
is how we are saved. It is through the grace of God that the penalty for our sin has been paid for and dealt with. Without grace, we would still be trapped in our rebellion and sin against God. And there would be no hope. But it is because of the grace of God, because of His great love for us, His desire to walk in relationship with us. That's what He created us for. That was His whole purpose for the human race was that He would create a people that could walk in close, intimate relationship with Him in every moment of every day of our lives. The problem is, we didn't trust that. The problem is that we felt that we knew better, that actually God was holding out on us. That He was holding us back from reaching our full potential. And so, instead of walking in relationship with God, we said, I think we can do better. I think we can define for ourselves what is right and wrong. We don't need some, uh, some other kind of, uh, of, of rule book or, or anything like that. Some kind of authority that would be over us. We can determine for ourselves what is right and wrong. We can create our own destiny. And in that rebellion against God, we turned our backs on Him. Read the, let's go back and actually read the first three verses of this chapter. It says, We were dead in our trespasses. Dead in our trespasses and sins in which, in which you once walked. Following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. You see that in that place of, of being in rebellion against God, being dead in our sins, even the, the good things that we would try to do in life, the, the, the ways that we would try and be kind and generous to other people, even in that, we continue our rebellion. Because when we do it within our own strength, when we do it within our own ability, we're ultimately saying, see God, I don't need you. I can do good things all on my own. I'm an authority unto myself. And we continue in the deadness of our trespasses. That's where we all have been. but because of God's great love for us. He sacrificed Himself. He died in our place to pay that penalty for our 
sin and rebellion against God. So that there was no longer anything that was standing in the way, no longer any, any separation between us and the God who loves us. He broke that down and invited everyone to take part in it. He offers that to us freely, without strings, without any expectations, without any cost to us. He offers that freely. That is grace. So who who can take advantage of that? Who is that grace for? I want to turn to a passage that I think is is really helpful for us. If you turn to 1 John, and that's towards the end of your New Testament. It is just before Jude and Revelation. Uh, We've got the three letters of John, 1st and 2nd, 3rd John. Turn to John chapter 2. I want you to, to listen to the words of this promise. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the propitiation for our sins. What does propitiation mean? Propitiation is an atoning payment. It means that 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 penalty that we have incurred for our rebellion against God, Jesus paid that price. It says here that, that He is the propitiation for our sins. Not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You see, Jesus, being God, being the source of all things, is of infinite value. If I were to sacrifice my life for somebody, it wouldn't do much good. Because my life is already corrupted by my sin. Now, if I were able to, and I am not, so please don't hold me to this. But if I were, would have been able to live my life without any sin, purely, perfectly doing every thought, every action, every word in perfect alignment, with the, with the purposes and the, and the rules and the regulations, the, the law, the character, the nature of God, if I were to do that, then theoretically I could offer up my life for one other person. And my son's right here, so I would do that for him. I would, I would exchange my place for his so that He could enjoy an eternity in the presence of God forever. 
But that's as far as it could go. I couldn't also... Mike is, oh no, Mike is here too. <laughs> I could only save Noah. I couldn't save Micah. Maybe, ah, you should have sat up here, man. You're in the wrong spot. <laughs> and Tegan. Tegan would be out in the cold as well. And Indiana. Oh, maybe I would save the girl. <laughs> I don't know. But it, I could only take the place of one person because I have only lived a life within my human value. I only have this much value and that's it. But Jesus, being the almighty creator, the source of all that is, the, the perfect almighty God, He is of unlimited value. And so His sacrifice is of unlimited efficiency to cover the sins not just for me, not just for Noah, not just for Micah or Tegan, not just for my family, not just for the people in this room, not just for uh, the people who have lived in North America, not just the people who have aligned themselves with Christ. But His sacrifice is, is more than enough to pay the price of the sins of the entire world. Of all who are, all who have been, and all who ever will be. So who is this grace for? It's for you. It's for you. It is Everyone. But you say, surely there are some limits. There are some people who are far too sinful to be able to be recipients of this marvelous grace. John doesn't put any qualifications on this at all. He doesn't say that, that, that He is the propitiation for our sins. I turn the page. He is the propitiation for not only our sins, but the sins of the world, whole world, or at least all of those who don't kill somebody else. Or at least those who don't commit mass genocides. Or at least all of those who don't Put whatever sin you want in there. Whatever horror. Let me, let me encourage you to put whatever darkest sin you have in your heart. The things that you want nobody to ever know about. The thoughts that you've had the way that you have cruelly acted towards others. The things that you thought nobody else saw. Jesus died as payment for that sin. That 
His grace. So how do, how do we gain access to this grace? It's available to the whole world, but not everybody receives it. Turn back from Ephesians to, to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, and we're going to read the first two verses. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. See, that's why Paul wrote here in Ephesians 2, it is for by grace you have been saved through faith. What is this faith? It is it is. First and foremost, believing that Jesus is the Son of God. It is believing that He did indeed become one of us. And trusting that when He died up on that cross, when He shed His blood, that that was for you. That that was to, to pay the price for your deepest, darkest sin. And for the deepest, darkest sins of the whole world. Trusting in that and then living in that truth. Saying, I believe that my sins are now paid for. In another place in in one of his letters, Paul writes that, that God made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to become our sin. So that we might become, are you ready for this? The righteousness of God. What that means is that for those who by faith trust in Jesus' sacrifice to pay the penalty for their sins and have committed to follow Him, they now stand before God right now pure. What does God see? He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see that dark secret in your heart. He sees His very own perfection. It's an impossible thing. And yet with God, it's true. Faith. Believe that. And receives it and makes it their own. When it says that we are saved by grace through faith, it means putting your confidence fully in that. Living your life every day with that awareness that Jesus has paid the price for you. 
and walking in the new life that He offers. The tragedy of this is that even though Jesus has become has has become that propitiation for our sins. Even though He extends that grace to the whole world, most will never receive it. It's like if somebody with great wealth were to walk in this room and start throwing out stacks of $1,000 bills so that it would be raining down money in this room like confetti, landing all over us, covering the floor, covering the walls, being blown out the doors, and there would just be so much money that would be flying around in this room. And all of us walk away without one. Jesus is lavishing this unthinkable gift of grace onto our lives. And yet so many don't receive it. Uh, there would be those as they see the money flying around. They would be skeptical. They would think, there's got to be some catch to all this. Nobody gives away free money. And they would be reluctant to take any money because then they feel that somehow this other person would own their soul and, and they would be beholding and there would be the bait and switch and then they would be trapped. They don't want anything to do with that. And they would walk away empty-handed. There would be others that would be here in this room and they would be indignant to think that this person thought that somehow they needed financial help. Uh, that they were looking down on them. That, that, that they couldn't just make it on their own. And they would walk away in a huff saying, I don't need your money. I can do it on my own. There would be others that would be here in this room and they would celebrate the kindness and the generosity of this person that would just give so much of this money away and they would rejoice in the wonderful kindness of this individual. And then they would brush the dollar bills off of their arms and they would walk away empty-handed, never receiving it for themselves, but so admiring of this person's generosity. How, how are you receiving this amazing grace of Jesus? Would you be one of those skeptical ones? Thinking that there must be some kind of catch that it's too good to be true. There's no way that, that, that Jesus would actually give His life for me. I, I'm, it's, it can't be real. And you'd walk away? 
Let me encourage you. Scripture is full of the promises of God's love for you. There is no catch. I guess it's not it's not quite correct to say that there is no cost though. Because the cost of following Jesus means that that the world around us would reject us not would does reject the followers of Christ because they are too close a reminder of their own need for salvation. So there is a cost, but as Paul says, uh, it pales in comparison to the glory of the great gift that we have in Christ Jesus. And so there is a cost and there is a sacrifice. And, and the way of following Jesus is a, is a path of, of, of sacrifice and, and of suffering. But, but all of that doesn't even come close to touching the wonder of walking every day in the newness of life through Jesus Christ. And the hope that we have of eternity in His presence. Would you be one of those indignant ones? Offended that somehow Jesus would think that you need saving. That you can't clean up your own life on in your own efforts. That somehow you would need somebody else's grace to pay the penalty for your sin as if there was any great sin. You are a good person. Let me encourage you to honestly look in your heart. To recognize the darkness of the self-centeredness and the sin that is there. I don't anticipate that, that many of us here have killed anybody or robbed a bank or any of those kinds of things, but there is within us this darkness, this ego, this Pride that haughtily declares, God, I don't need you. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And let me encourage you to, to receive for yourself, experience what it means. You think that you are good enough now. Just wait till you experience the cleansing that happens in relationship with Jesus Christ where you can let that burden go. To be done with. Don't walk away here today in a huff. Let me encourage you to receive the grace that Jesus offers you right now. Maybe you would be one of the ones that would celebrate 
the wonderful graciousness of Jesus Christ, the kindness that He would sacrifice Himself, that you would, you would join in, in church, uh, you would regularly be a part of, of meetings like this, you would give generously into the offering plate, you would do kind and good things in this world, and you would talk about the, the wonder of, of Jesus' great love and His goodness. Never actually receive it for your own. Somehow fool yourself that all of those outward accoutrements would somehow take the place of true faith with putting your trust in Jesus on your own, coming to Him in humility and brokenness and saying, Lord, I am a sinner. I need Your grace. And I claim it for myself today. If you have never made that commitment in your life, if you have never received that gift of grace through an act and a prayer of faith, let me invite you now, today. There isn't any special ritual or or formula or anything that you need to go through. All it is is talking to Jesus. Saying something like, Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know I need Your grace. Thank You for giving Your life to pay the penalty for my sin. I put my trust in You alone and wholeheartedly embrace Your gift of grace. Thank You for saving me. If you prayed that this morning, let me encourage you to tell somebody Come talk with me. I would love to hear. Actually, I would, I would invite you to take the next step of living that out by following in the, in the waters of baptism. We won't probably do that today, although I'm not opposed to it. There is a creek and it's probably running pretty high right now just over there. But, but baptism is an outward expression of that inward reality where you have made that commitment that you are, have put your faith in Jesus Christ and received His gift of grace by trusting in Him. And we would baptize you and celebrate together so that that would be a, a moment in your life where, where you can always point back to and say, yes, That's what I believe. That's what I've done. I don't know if you've had a chance to see the Jesus Revolution uh, movie that's, I don't know if it's still in the theaters or still in the theaters at, at, I don't know, whatever theater, Galaxy or something. Avalon, thank you, Tegan. It it is a a really well done movie. 
wonderful story. One of the things that, that moved me was the baptism scenes. I love the fact that, that there in the water was where people made that commitment. That's what I see in the, in the, in the Bible and in the New Testament. It, it is those, those acts of, 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 of conversion, of, of putting your faith in Jesus Christ and then walking into the waters of baptism are synonymous. They happen at the same time. And it is a wonderful picture. The, 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 uh, the prayer of faith that is uh, led forth in that movie uh, between, uh, I forget the characters' names, but anyway, you can watch it, you can see it yourself. It's absolutely beautiful. And if you've prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to be able to experience the newness of life that comes through walking in faith in, into the waters of baptism. And experiencing that for yourself. If you don't know me and you're a little bit nervous coming talking to me, there are lots of other people here would love to talk with you. There's somebody that brought you today. Somebody that you came with. Tell somebody and let's, let's celebrate together the newness of life, the grace that God has extended to you. Dear Jesus, we thank You for Your amazing grace. We thank You for the new life that You offer each and every one of us uh, through Your death and resurrection. That when we receive that gift of grace by faith, when we put our trust in You and trust fully in that sacrifice on our behalf, that You then come and indwell in us. You are a living God. And You lead and guide us each and every moment of every day so that our lives more and more reflect Your character. Reflect Your perfection. Reflect that righteousness with which we are now clothed. Lord, I pray for those that are here today that are struggling with receiving Your gift of grace. Lord, I pray for Your Holy Spirit that You would, you would speak deeply into that person's life. That they would... That it would become more than just my words, but they would, they would hear you. They would feel your presence. They would know your love. And they would respond with faith. Put their trust in you. Lord, I pray for those that have prayed that here today. Father, I thank you for the new life that is that is present within them even now. Lord, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would, would inspire them, prompt them, motivate them, move them to tell somebody today so that we can encourage, support, and build up that individual in their newness of life, in their new walk with You. Father, for, for those of us that, that are here this morning that we have made that decision long ago, or a short time ago. Father, would we, would we sense Your Spirit moving in our lives that would renew that faith, would, would give a, a, a new vitality to that trust that we have in You so that we can go from this place walking in the confidence that we have been 
saved, that we have been set free, that we now have new life in you. Because, Lord, your grace is more than just for us in this room today. There is a lost and dying world all around us who need to know that Your grace is available to them as well. So I pray that we would walk within this place proclaiming Your goodness, proclaiming Your generosity, and inviting everyone to receive the grace for themselves. Thank You that You are alive. Thank You that You are living today and that You are moving in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.